Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we talk about knowing. We talk about knowing yourself, knowing your client, knowing the things that your mentor can do in this world so that you can make the world a better place. I'm so glad to have you here with us. I appreciate the time that we get to be able to spend together to learn how to live and love and thrive together. That is so exciting when I get to see you up level, even just a little bit, to hear the feedback from you. You can go hashtag Thriving Entrepreneur anytime and share what you've learned and to know that I'm bringing to you powerful people who are going to make a difference in your life so that you can then make the difference in the world that only you can make. It starts by knowing. You have to know yourself. You have to know your client, who you're talking to, who you're meant to serve, and then, of course, know your stuff. Learn how to be able to really truly impact the lives of those who you're meant to serve so that you can make the world so much a better place and live as a thriving entrepreneur. I have three great guests for you this week. I'm looking forward to presenting them to you with almost no commercial interruptions here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Let's jump right into it. Join me in welcoming Tatiana Flo. Hey, Tatiana, how are you doing today? Hi, Steve. I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing good, thank you. Um, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, um, so my name is Tatiana, and I am an energy and spiritual mentor for people, uh, which is um, not my original career. I was in finance for 15 years. I built and sold my startup. I was in real estate in New York. And um, all this time I was doing practices. I was into spirituality uh, and my success is built on um, things that I was discovering for myself in psychology, in esoterics, in uh, spirituality. Two and a half years ago, something happened um, that was an internal switch when I could not hold all that knowledge to myself anymore. So I started to um, provide coaching sessions for people and uh, research more and more into spirituality. Uh, I have an education in psychology, NLP, hypnosis, uh, feather healing, energy work and so on and so forth and now I have my very own technique that I use in my energy sessions for people to connect to the source within and live an abundant life Uh, abundant in love relationship health wealth and everything else because the world is abundant in reality we just need to um, remember how to tap into that abundance and live it Mm, I love that. So what are some of the things that you learned that um, 
you know, other people aren't doing that help them really be able to tap into that energy within? Well, I, f I feel like uh, many of us, and I was there too, uh, and layer by layer, I came to uh, remembering my true nature, who I really am, who I want to be, my uh, authentic path. But many of us disconnected from our true nature due to some conditions and some mind programs that were created by uh, you know, the society, parents um, tell, telling us don't cry when we want to or don't laugh too loud, basically don't experience emotions. We would love to experience as kids. Um, in a certain situations so every these things collect as little traumas and as large traumas is if something more painful uh was happening during the lifetime and due to that uh we forget what we truly want we forget to connect to our intuition to our feelings because we go more uh very often we go more with some rational uh, actions and reactions to the world and I say that actually emotions which is energy in motion is what we should learn to listen and we should learn to to identify where those emo emotions are coming from fear and where those emotions are coming from a place of love and when it's uh, coming from fear that's disconnection from your true nature Fear freezes us, and any reaction or act, action made out of fear, uh, basically not what you truly, truly, truly desire in life. Uh, when you connect to your true nature, it might be scary, but you want to do that step. You want to move abroad, or you want to take that opportunity, career in life. You want to change something in your life, and uh, courageously you go into uncertainty face fears, go through them, that's where uh, the truth and connection to your true nature is. And in those moments, that's where we evolve. Uh, mm, so I love that. Connecting to our true nature, connecting, connecting to uh, our intuition, guts, and acting from the place of love. So you've talked a lot about emotions and um, a lot of times in life, we tend to categorize emotions as the good emotions and the bad emotions, even though, you know, I mean, all of them have their place and their purpose. Um, what do we, or rather, how should we uh, react when something, you know, is really horrible and maybe it makes us angry or those kind of things? How do we really let that come through versus, uh, you know, that judgment that we give to the quote unquote negative emotions? Uh, that's a great question, Steve. And basically, uh, it's our mind that identify emotions as good or bad. In reality, all emotions are just emotions. <laughs> and uh, we identify them as good or bad because some of them are more pleasant than others. Joy is more ple pleasant than pain. But in reality, pain is just a part of life, as natural as anything else it's um another side of love basically for example a pain for a loved ones who you, probably you might lose um i lost my mom in february this year 
and I know how to um, how to live through those experiences with lots of love. Of course, it was intense emotionally. At the same time, I don't uh, create suffering around any situation, even situations like that. I know everything that's happening is for me. And I lived through that situation with lots of gratitude for what's happening. And because of that, so many things opened for me. So basically, uh, many people would consider, of course, the death of the loved ones as a bad situation and bad emotions coming with that. I believe there are just emotions. And with high awareness and consciousness, you can live through them differently, consciously. And it's okay to cry. It's okay to go through you know, some feelings during the process and allow yourself to go there, create space to go through uh, different emotions rather than um, kind of creating suffering and holding them. That's what creates traumas that is stuck in our body and that becomes at some point a disease if it's not uh, properly lived through. So um, basically any emotion is just an emotion, living with high awareness and finding uh, how to live through that again with uh, gratitude, any experience with love that changes um, the quality of your life dramatically. And uh, that's what I... Um, I don't teach my clients to live like that, but I remind them that it's possible and it's it's a completely different quality of life. And consciously you can choose where to uh, react, not from the mind pattern that was created by years and you reacted to the same situation similar over and over again, it created a loop and you, your life doesn't change because of that. that. When you consciously live through similar situations, somebody lied to you or something come, came up that is, was coming up before and you react differently, you stop, you feel, you think how to convert that re reaction out of fear to the reaction out of love and behave or react from that place. And by changing your reactions, your reality starts to change magically. So let's get into that just a little bit deeper. Um, do a little brief teaching on us on how we can identify that something's coming back up um, and then rewrite it, rearrange it, let it go, whatever that might be. Of course. Uh, for example, one of my clients, uh, he went uh, as a kid, his parents divorced because his mom was cheating on his dad and it came up. And as a result, uh, his parents got divorced and he got a trauma that stuck in his mind and in his body. And it created a preconditioning in his mind that uh, there are no happy marriages and all women are liars. So he would go with that subconsciously, of course, uh, into the world, living life. And even if he would have a, an amazing and uh, faithful life partner, he would uh, still be very jealous and questioning the honesty of the life partner. And of course, it would bring 
either um, kind of attract this kind of people, or he, even if a person is honest and uh, faithful, uh, he would it would still affect the situation. Uh, not the best way, of course, right? Uh, it would create turbulence uh, times for him and his romantic relationship. So when we uh, went into that situation with him and uh, found the reason and he started to see the pattern that he was creating in his life over and over again, then when it becomes conscious, it's already 80% of success. And next step is to choose in the moment to stop and react differently. And of course, it uh, changed the uh, relationship with his uh, current partner for better. And um, it's it's amazing. There are many stories I can tell you, but it's just one of them where people just, uh, their quality of life changes for better in so many different ways by connecting back to the reality and uh, stop behaving out of patterns stopping those loops in life uh, and seeing it clearly for what it is. It creates um, the state of being for which uh, anything is, is possible because you see the reality clear and then from that place you can choose uh, consciously what you truly want in life. Mm, I love that. So for somebody who um, is thinking maybe they need to work with you, um, first give us an idea of who you work with and how they can then work with you. So um, I work with uh, different clients. I provide energy sessions and energy mentorship. Uh, but basically it's people most of the time that already uh, are on the spiritual path and already feel there's something bigger than just material things we see around, material world we see around. They're eager to develop and evolve and strive to uh, self-improvement all the time. And um, they are ready for a real breakthrough in their lives. For the state that truly changes all aspects of life and again creates a new quality of life so those are people that usually are attracted to me and uh, in my sessions like um, i use different techniques including nlp techniques and energy work and during that energy work people feel different emotions i work with the energy of life that uh, basically releases uh, blockages and old traumas in the bodies dissolves it and through that, people remember that free state, free from fears, free from conditioning, where can, they can be what they truly want to be without putting any masks to be liked by others. Because in reality, you can't be liked by everyone anyway. Some people will like you, some people won't. So why don't you like yourself first? And um, choosing yourself, choosing yourself from a place of love, not selfishly but in a way that is authentic and free. That's the beauty, the true beauty there. And that's uh, what my clients are getting after the, the sessions on mentorship with me. 
Perfect. And uh, give us uh, the URL of the contact information for them to be able to work with you. So my website is tatianaflow.com and uh, you can contact me from there. My Instagram is Tatiana underline um, uh, flow as well. And um, I have some videos there showing um, the, the samples of uh, group sessions and personal sessions I'm doing. And there are, there is a contact information uh, and people can contact me. I uh, provide free discovery sessions before the actual energy session to explain people how uh, and my clients how usually the session goes and to understand what the intention and then if we are good fit because it's very important to have the right um, person who will bring you to the next step in your life right to uh, lead you guide you through transformations and there has to be this energetic fit for both parties so for free discoveries calls uh, you can arrange them via uh, my website or instagram page as well we can meet connect and go from there well, perfect. I really appreciate it, Tatiana. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. There is an old saying that says, know yourself. And in knowing yourself, you can then make the difference you're meant to make. You can live as a thriving entrepreneur. We're going to take a break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. <music> Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself and tell you, I know the world is waiting on your message and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We're talking about knowing, knowing yourself, knowing your clients, knowing your stuff, knowing what to do. Today is all about knowing. In the first segment, we talked about knowing the source within you, knowing both that greater, higher power, but also knowing who you are, knowing your stuff, knowing you. And now we want to move on to knowing your client. We want to talk about the things that you can do so you can impact the world and make the difference that only you can make as you're living as a thriving entrepreneur. With that said, let's jump right in. Join me in welcoming Nick Venezia. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. And how about yourself? I'm doing really great, thanks. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. How I show up in the world. 
Um, I would like to say I show up in the world as, you know, charismatic, quirky, witty, and always looking at questions, you know, and trying to see different problems that exist in the world. So with that skill set, um, what is one of the biggest problems that you can think of that exist in the world right now that you're in the process of creating a solution for? I would say right now, when you look and in, in it's, you know, one issue is like, say, podcasting. It, it's where you can actually help the host, you know, make better content if they actually know who the listener is, you know, what makes them tick. And when you can start to identify those type of things of what makes them tick, what's relevant, you can make better content that's more tailored to the listener and relevance and, you know, truly best serve that community, I think is important. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk about the elements of making that connection. I mean, some of it is in the content you're doing and some of it is some technology solutions. Um, let's talk first about what does a person need to do content-wise and the overall uh, product they're creating in a podcast to have something that anybody wants to listen to so that they then can connect to them. Well, I, I think what's actually first is it actually would be a question of like, what do you think is valuable if you actually were as a podcast host to know more about your audience? Like what value would you actually see in that? Like, how would you use that as a podcast host, for example? Well, and of course, for me, you know, I'm always looking for, uh, you know, what is the one thing that a person really needs help with? So when you say what they need help with, it's it's like, do you feel like each of your different episodes, you know, on your specific things have different solutions? And, you know, you could essentially say, and correct me where I'm wrong here, it's like that person who's listening to that show sees that episode as maybe a potential solution. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, the fun for me is the challenge of taking, you know, because it is a radio show. And so I'm putting together three small, if you will, podcasts into one show is the taking three very dis uh, disparate people and uh, finding the thread that connects, you know, you might have a real estate agent and somebody that's, you know, helping people with something spiritual and somebody else that's a you know, an accountant and where do those three people somehow meet together? And so that's actually a lot of fun for me when I'm putting the shows together. But you've also probably identified also a problem is, is where would you go right now in the industry to, if you wanted to find that type of analytics or those type of insights as a creator, as a podcast host? Well, and currently I, I don't know of any place that they really exist. Most of the analytics you get are, you know, X number of people listened on this platform if their technology is actually working properly that week. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's almost like it's more of a vanity metric, not more of a, of a metric of, of helping guide you and, you know, nurturing your community with, with relevancy. It, oh yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's almost as generic as, you know, because I come from a radio background, the uh, statistics that you get when you start talking demographic percentage of a particular radio station's audience, you know, and what does that mean that 5% of the city listens to this particular station during this time slot? 
So imagine what would you think would be the biggest value almost is like if you actually were to be able to be empowered with that insight of that real estate agent, that person in, you know, looking for a solution, how would you potentially adjust if that say solution did exist? How would you adjust your content strategy almost? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you knew specifically who was listening, what they needed and could even engage them in conversation between shows and say, you know, what do you need? <laughs> Easiest way to find out is just to ask, right? Um, you know, that'd be huge because then even the questions you're asking the guest as they come on, you can keep that in mind when you're doing that. Right. And so what you've identified really is 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 an analytics problem, you know, an, an insights problem in, in it's industry wide. It's it's how can you, it sounds like as that podcast host best message, create the messaging that resonates the highest with your community. That's the most genuine and real and authentic. And sadly, this industry, it's, it's lagging as well as so many other areas because it's of a walled garden. You know, what, why is it in, why would Apple or why would Spotify really truly want to actually provide those insights to you as a host? Would it make sense? Do you think? Well, as the host, I can totally say, yes, it would make sense. I could tell you as the, uh, you know, other types of ISPs that I've owned, um, you know, why they hold those metrics closely to their chest so that um, they have all the information and all the power. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what you're saying right there is true. It's like knowledge is power. So is information. And I, I think what we're happening right now, which is unique, is we're in this era of essentially these the democratization of of these walls of of literally of you know not knowing or owning your community and who's in it to now where potentially you actually have the opportunity to know who's in it to know who each listener is to be able to best connect to that individual with the right message and the right relevancy and authenticity that would be just so perfect for, well, I mean, for anybody that actually hears what the person listening wants to hear versus they just want to hear themselves talk. Yeah. And I, I think also it's almost like what listening to hearing what you're saying, it's, you know, in, in this future of AI and predictive modeling and all this other stuff, it's like, when will all of those tools actually go back and help empower that host to better connect and serve that community? At like, for example, have you played with any of the different AI tools yet or any of those things in podcast? Yes. Space? Well, in podcast space, not so much. I mean, other of the content creation AIs I played around with a little bit. Yeah. But see, yet again, there, it's like you look back at that and it's it goes back to, say, that learning model. And, and it's limited where if you were able to know which of your specific episodes, you know, performed the strongest who was that community made up of? You know, what was that DNA makeup of that audience of that specific show? What were the topics discussed? Imagine the power that you, we, as an industry in podcasting, could 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 have. Oh yeah, that would be huge because, at best, right now, most of the analytics, you can say this one had the most number of listeners, and these were the guests, and this is what we talked about, and. Everything else is just making assumptions. Right. Or what about monetization? 
you know, being paid for the value that you as the host are creating, you know, of, of the, the listener base. You know, right now it's 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 a hard path to revenue in podcasting when reality is it's it's a beautiful platform because of the amount of trust that a podcast host has with that listener base. Well, back in the day, the argument for why podcasts and all the other internet technologies were more powerful than, say, for example, radio, when you're talking podcast, is because we can provide all of these things. Um, and then somebody forgot that that was what we started telling people in the industry, and nobody ever started collecting any of that data, um, and it just became another source of, uh, you know, audio waves crossing in a different format into people's ears. But what do you think was maybe the cause of that? Do you think it could have been, you know, big tech out there trying to, you know, protect it or keep, you know, radio in the dark? Um, I think beginning with, and bear with the fact that I've been in internet space since before the word, the internet existed, <laughs> but mm -hmm. to begin with, there was a whole lot of the, uh, people who would now call themselves big tech that were not very big back then that all had the conceded belief that, um, you know, news on the internet would completely destroy all print newspapers and that there would just not be any of those companies, you know, and let's face it, most every city you live in still has a little local local or county wide newspaper that just never happened. Um, the same thing is true when you start talking um, about podcasting, which came out a few years later, is they still took that kind of very conceited, we're going to do this and there will eventually just be no radio stations. And yet, you know, although iHeartRadio may have swallowed up the vast majority of them, they did it because they're still playing, people are still listening to them, and they're still making a ton of money off of it. Right. And and what you've identified, too, is that, you know, right there at the very end, right there was with iHeart, you know, they're making a ton of money off of it. And imagine if you as the host could start to actually also make even more money. Because as a host, the second you could actually imagine the power you would have with those type of analytics when you show them to a brand. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like immediately you have a justification for them to say advertise. Yeah, I mean, back in the day of radio sales, we used to be able to show them this is the whole entire area that the broadcast signal is going to. And in that area, are those are the people you want to reach. And it was kind of like the yellow pages of audio content. <laughs> That's, that's actually an interesting way of doing saying that the yellow pages of audio content. I love that. That's a great term. Feel free to I, use I, that in your marketing. You can have it. Oh, no. I mean, I would totally give you credit for that. That's actually, it's a great term because what you're actually identifying is, is literally is that's all the different audiences from each of these different creator shows. Is that yellow pages where brands nowadays, you know, the biggest brands are always looking to reach that next new or that quote incremental reach or ways to form authenticity relationships with their you know potential customers. And yet, why wouldn't they want to go check out the yellow pages of audio right there and flip through those pages for the best ones? They align with them. Right. So 
I think what's happening though in, in the industry actually will be slowly happening is a shift to the empowerment of a podcast host with those type of rich analytics and insights. And I know actually that's something that we daily are actively working on solving is empowering those hosts with those exact analytics that you just described, as well as helping make sure that the content that they are you know, making and distributing on each episode is as unique as they are. Because every single listener has value. And you look at a platform like a YouTube, we... A lot of people would believe, and you know, I myself say believe this too, and essentially it's like you might watch one video on YouTube. It's amazing that you're going to see 10 ads all relevant about that one video. And why isn't it more of like where ads shouldn't be even ran, in my belief, even on a podcast? You know, keep it authentic, keep it real, and, and help empower that smaller community with commercial free. Why? Go help them run 10 other relevant ads offline. The products that are, say, discussed on that podcast. And then pay back that, that host for the true value that they've created, which is awareness about a different problem or an opportunity for a solution. Like, you might have just talked about the optimal running shoe on air. Who's that relevant to? A lot of running shoe brands. So if they can go to that yellow pages and flip through it and find their running shoes, they would totally want to reach that person. And that's what we're helping build and helping do. Is that right there? So that way a host like yourself can reach brands and brands can reach listeners in a relevant manner. It rewards everyone. I love the concept of that. I do have one question for you. Um, and feel free to tell me, no, it doesn't do that. All right, that's that's fine answer. But um, what about for the podcaster who, when they look at those analytics, they see that they're not really reaching anyone or reaching so very few people that, um, you know, it's not going to attract the, you know, a brand is what you're working on available to help them be able to learn how to be able to narrow that into something that can have a better reach? Not only reach, but to have the path to revenue and for them to grow their show, I think is the most important part there too. Um, I, I'm actually, so I'm a member of the IAB Tech Lab in podcasting. So the IAB Think of them as essentially, you know, it's for internet advertising and it's helping, you know, do things like quote programmatic advertising in podcasting. And I'm, I'm literally sitting in this, in, in this meeting on the zoom and, and listening to these people talk. And as they're discussing it, it's like, well, if they have under 50,000 in the audience size, it's not going to get served. And it's like, wait, that's a massive, massive amount of podcasts fall underneath that. And it's like, are you telling me right now that if you have under 50,000 listeners, you're not relevant in the eyes of these people and these platforms? And it's like, hold up, wait, that's insanity. And the relevance is, is if you have one person, that matters. Two people matter, three people, four, five, ten. 
it isn't so much about that, you know, mass size, if anything, that's dilution. It It's essentially, think of it, I like to think of it as like a pot of chili almost. It's like the bigger, the more beans you put in the chili, the more it'll start to dilute the spice of, say, the original seasoning package you put in. So it's about the fact of relevancy, of authenticity, and of uniqueness. Because if you have that group of 10 people that are listening, well, there's something unique about those 10 people because they find relevance in what's being discussed. And so to answer your question, yes, that is a very, very important element. And yes, that is something that is definitely being included for this. And as well as providing that transparent framework to empower the host and to empower the listener. So Nick, tell us um, what kind of people want to use that service and how they can get in, uh, in contact with you so that they can be a part of it. So it's deeppod.com and you can go and you can fill out the contact us form um, and essentially, you know, let us know your details and we will be in touch. And what we're looking for is creators of all sizes. And, and it's those podcast hosts who are looking to learn more about their audience as well as help increase revenue and bottom line. And so again, it's called Deepod, D-E-E-P-P-O-D.com. So it's almost like you jump deep off, you know, you jump deep into the pod world. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was going to ask you too. I wanted to make sure that it was two P's and that everybody caught that part of it. Yep. And then just go ahead and fill up the contact us form and, you know, we'll be in touch and we're actively looking for people to be in the beta as well as helping us innovate an actual industry solution for the small guy, for the everyday guy, the everyday Joe, who's a podcast host, the guy who's literally out there grinding building that community, being authentic, you know, making, making it work. And those are the people we're looking to connect. The big people are, you know, they've got the, they've got the massive contracts, but what about those and making sure no one's left behind is where we want to be a focused as well. Mm, I love that. And um, you're talking about a beta. So is there a, a fee associated with it? Or are you just kind of looking for people to be in the mix at this point? It's not so much a fee. It's almost like you get paid other way around. So if you're looking for those analytics or whatnot, it's you're helping us because we're able to then help you find brands and we revenue share back. We are the, we're here to try to help provide and bring the value that's being created, but being left behind because the industry like you were saying earlier, doesn't have all the right tool sets available. I love it. And for the average person listening, because I'm looking at your uh, your page here right now, it's asking what type, uh, type what you're interested in, and then it gives suggestions of brand agency, publisher, and other. Um, what kind of things are you really looking for uh, when okay. just the solo podcaster is? You just, just want the person to say that they're a podcast hub. Okay. Correct. So what you're seeing is things like publishers, like uh, Podcast One is one of the ones that we're working with um, on the publishing side and also looking at various, you know, other publishers and opportunities, as well as different agencies that are podcast agencies that help 
the brands find the right podcasts. And then we're also looking for the individual podcast hosts themselves, the independent guy. And all of them are relevant, and we're here to help empower and be that plumbing to help liberate each of them. I love it. Love it so much. I signed up for it just while we were talking. Cool. Uh, we'll we'll be in touch for sure on that. Yeah. And that's deeppod.com. D-E-P-E-O-D.com. Correct. And we just got your new submission form for Yay. <laughs> saying that through. Well, but, Nick, um, thanks so yeah. much for spending some time with us. There's so much more we could get into, but let's get the conversation started with some people and see if we can help them out. Let's help be a part of the change together. Love let's it. not stop letting this atrocity occur and let's empower the everyday creator. I love it. Nick, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Cool. And thank you so much for wanting to be a part of the solution. And thank you everyone for listening that fills out that form on dpod.com. What a great way of knowing, knowing the people that you're meant to serve and then doing the things that you can to serve them. What a great way to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you... I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We're talking about knowing. We've talked about knowing yourself, knowing your clients, and now we want to talk a little bit about how to use that knowing to be able to help the people that you're meant to serve so you can be that thriving entrepreneur. Here we go with our next guest. Join me in welcoming Niles Lichtenstein. Hey, Niles, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Steve. Absolutely. So first off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah, so uh, a little bit about me um, always feels like a big question. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm here, I'm local to the Bay Area. I grew up in, uh, as they, uh, they call the People's Republic of Berkeley in Oakland and went to undergrad at, um, at Harvard and then uh, came out, did my obligatory East Coast time and then came back to um, the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Nestment. We'll talk a little bit about the lived experiences I had around housing early on and, and how that has turned into kind of my passion for, for Nestment. This is my third startup. Um, first was in the mobile technology uh, uh, sector right when, um, right when uh, the iPhone was really starting to heat up. And then the second was a, a, a more of a passion project funded by a, a set of media companies like the New York Times or Dallas Morning News or 
um, uh, a whole bunch of folks around how do we reimagine um, collective narratives and how we capture those things. Um, really done to capture my own father's life because he had passed when I was much younger. And then uh, now Nestment is my um, third startup, my uh, uh, my current baby in, in the startup way. Um, and excited to share more about that with you all. I love that. So let's talk a little bit more specific about Nestment um, and all the things that it can do to help a pe uh, person out. Um, you know, just start off kind of a basic overview and then let's drill down in on it a little more. Yeah, sure. So at its core, Nestment is helping family and friends and groups pool their capital to be able to afford um, real estate, uh, whether that's a, a vacation rental or an investment property. And we oftentimes have people now who are, recognize that primary homes are so expensive that maybe they start getting involved with real estate earlier and buy their, we call them shift buyers. Second home is the first time they're buying. So they might be buying a, an investment property or a vacation rental property that they spend time in or just rent out um, to help start getting into the real estate market. Um, also help with multifamily where, where someone lives in one unit and then rents out the other unit. And then lastly, primary. Um, as mentioned, you know, Nesman came from my own personal lived experience. My uh, mom was an immigrant to the country. My father passed when I was young um, and um, we, she didn't have a job or much community support at the time, but she was smart and scrappy. And, at a, and we were fortunate we owned a home in a place that had appreciated. And so at an early age, at the age of 13, I was learning how to talk to loan officers and refinance our, our house and take out equity. And then we also rented out rooms to um, to UC Berkeley graduate students. So it was a pretty fascinating, my brother and I were reflecting as a pretty fascinating upbringing, you know, sitting at the dinner table with, you know, different folks from different places, you know, Nigerian math PhDs and Taiwanese architects and Swedish physicists. And outside of sharing bathrooms, it was a pretty fun existence. And then when I made, I was fortunate to make a bit of money in tech early on, um, I saw a lot of my family and friends who were not able to afford um, the Bay Area and just tried to figure out how I could help kind of support them. Start off by buying multifamily where we could live in there together and, uh, and, and, and reap the benefits and then soon having it be rented out. And then over time, being able to refinance and take that equity out and allow them to buy their own kind of homes. Um, so wanted to take that model and, and expand it. And uh, now seemed like a great time where um, you know, you have property prices incredibly high for folks, but now you have really high interest rates. So between 2019 and 2023, it actually takes you double the salary to buy the same home, um, which is pretty crazy because no one's really going to double their salary. So um, one way to change the demand side of that equation is to um, gather, you know, friends and family and, and, and figure out, hey, can we go in on something together? Can we kind of build wealth and build community at the same time? Um, and really kind of challenge maybe some of the current structures that exist. Although to be quite frank, um, cooperation between family, friends, tribes, communities, whatever it may be, is not something that's uncommon. We've been doing it for a while. We just need better structures for it. Oh, that's a big one, cooperation. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about cooperation and they fight against each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, you know it, it's true and, and we try to do a good job of of trying to make sure groups are aligned and we you know maybe we're overly optimistic and I've done this now 
several times in my own life. And what I've found that is if, if you, you know, if you create the right parameters, also it helps to have a third party where, where agreements are in place, all of those things are in place. So it makes, you know, some of those more emotional decisions, more black and white and something that I wanted in, in when I was, you know, when I have co-bought co or co-owned with, with other people. So what, what we're finding is that, you know, people are coming, tons of people are coming to us. Demand has been incredible, but, you know, they, they have been talking about this. I have groups of friends who've been talking about it for 10 years, right? But finally, you know, maybe they own their own property, but they've always wanted a place where they could go up fishing or go to the mountains or go to the beach, as we were talking about, Steve. And, and that's part of their life. But like pulling the trigger on their own as one family might be tough, but maybe doing it with two or three others makes more sense. And so if you can give them a framework for that um, and you can help make sure they have the right lending, the right agent, um, the right financial analysis around it, and then ultimately, um, helping them make sure that all the agreements are in place and then the management's in place. You know, you come to a place where we can have access to a lot more things through cooperating together. Um, it's not without its own, you know, dynamics. Um, you know, you got to be, we joke, sometimes you want to go in with your nest friend, not your best friend um, to, to these, these, these uh, agreements. Oh, that makes sense. I'd like to even hear you say a little bit more than that. What is the difference between your nest friend and your best friend? Talk about that in even more detail. Yeah, no, I think I think one of the things that we notice are, you know, just um, friends who friends or family members who are definitely on the same page about what they're trying to 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 get out of the situation. Are we all wanting a place to live and, you know, um, and we want to put some date, end date to this three, four, five years, and then we either rent out the property or sell the property. Um, are we all getting in on a vacation rental property that we, you know, know that we can go and, and enjoy, but then also rent out to offset expenses. So I think what's really important is that the group is kind of aligned at the beginning um, and then you you do things to just help support the process. Like, how do you put a certain amount of mortgage away into an escrow account or a separate bank account that says like, hey, a rainy day happens. We know we have six months. So if someone's out of a job, um, there's no kind of irrational, like we have to do this now. We can kind of take the right procedures. And then you have the operating agreement and the platform that helps people go through that process. Um, so you know, those are the things that we, we're trying to bring to these relationships. We're not going to solve every, um, every, every relationship there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you just want people who, you know, that, that you think will, will be responsible or have shown some level of, um, maybe financial responsibility and, uh, and that you have similar maybe values. Um, so there's some value alignment that helps drive the relationship and, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're really becoming small business owners together as well. So. That is so cool. So let's go into a little more detail. You know, I mean, you've got this platform to be able to bring people together that want to be investors in, um, you know, in certain types of things um, so that, you know, you're not trying to find investors for real estate when, you know, the, all the people you're talking to are wanting to invest in a franchise, just as an example. Um, how does a person get started? I mean, what's kind of step one? Yeah, yeah. Step one is so what we 
what we do is is you know we people can sign up on the platform um they can go in and look for properties we actually one of the first things we did was we made sure that we incorporated and integrated a whole bunch of great data stuff that i could never get access to because i didn't have you know i didn't want to pay that much money for it but now as a big company we can kind of get access to the best data um, and then share that data out with folks so people can look at, hey, if I went into this with three, four, five people, like any listing, right? Like I can take that listing and have it be um, have it be fractionalized. Like what does this look like? How much revenue could I make if I rented out part of it? If I, you know, took some personal days there, whatever it may be. All these questions that, you know, um, we would ask ourselves as groups. So I often say you sometimes these complex data to, to answer very simple questions, but no one else was really thinking about that stuff. So you can go on the platform, do all that, but then ultimately you reach out to one of our relationship managers and, and we go through the process with you. So we um, create something that we call a, a brief, which you know takes all of the things that you all are considering as a group and we even kind of help, you know, if you haven't already taken properties, we'll some properties to give you examples of properties that you might want. Oftentimes, those properties won't be available by the time because they go relatively quickly. I mean, most home home I mean homes starting to go a little quick again, um, which is great. Um, I think in general for for folks, but um, uh, but we help you through that process. Then our our platform also helps you build in agreements so everyone's on the same page, um, and then uh, we connect you with a lender, an agent. Um, so a lot of it, uh, while the platform is is there to empower, there's a whole bunch of educational tools. There's all these other things. We also have a mix of real human services, so relationship manager that um, that helps you through that process. Um, so so that's that's really you know how you get started is you, you just kind of you can reach out to us um, or jump on the platform and uh, and and start building your group. And then um, whenever you're ready, there's a button for kind of, you know, connect with your relationship manager. Wow, I really love that. So let's talk some specifics. Mm -hmm. um, is there anybody that it's not for? I mean, who, uh, what are the qualifications for people to, you know, be interested and want to be, you know, the right person to come onto your site? Yeah, good, good, very good um, question. Um, so, so I think, you know, if you are, uh, usually most of the properties we're looking at are, you know, we do multifamily, but only up to four units. So if you're looking for buying like a whole apartment building or something of that nature with, you know, 10 friends or something like that, we're probably not quite the right platform for you. Um, usually most of our groups are two to four, although we have groups of six, seven, and eight. And so that is a possibility of, of having larger groups, but we just notice, you know, our sweet spot is like kind of groups of, of two to four folks that that are, are purchasing together. Um, I, I would say we don't do commercial, so we're, we're not doing a lot of like commercial spaces. We, we do have a Nesmith transaction going through right now where, where uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a group that owns a cafe and the, the building that has two residential units was being sold. And so we're, we're helping them through that process. So that has some level of commercial. So there is some work live that we will get involved with. Um, and then the last thing, you know, that, that oftentimes comes up that we, we try to support people through this process, which is, you know, while um, co-buying and owning can really be helpful uh, to pool capital and get you there, you know, you still could run into qualification issues with lenders. And I think those are set up for a good reason. 
So, you know, if, if, if credit is really low um, amongst members, if people don't have enough down payment now, there's a ton of really great kind of programs and down payment assistance and things like that that are available for folks that, that are, are really pretty empowering. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll make sure our lenders are looking at that for folks. Sorry about that. Are looking at that for folks, but, um, but ultimately, you know, if someone doesn't qualify, it's less of a lender issue and more of a qualification issue. And that's just something we remind people because no one loves going through the process and then getting to a point where they, they hear no, or, you know, something like that. But we, we like to get people kind of ready and set and, and, and then the last thing I'd say is, you know, for for us, like, there's no rush in 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 doing it. We 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 try to get people what we call nestment ready, which is they have everything in order, and so then it's really about finding the the right place that meets the goals of their their group. Wow, I love that. All right, so for somebody who is ready to jump in, they think they're that kind of person. How do they get in contact with you? Yeah, you can, you can, if you're listening to this and, and are really eager and excited, you can reach out to me directly, Niles, N-I-L-E-S at nesmint.com or jump onto the platform, uh, nesmint.com and, um, you know, uh, just start looking at properties, imagining what it's like to, to own those properties and then get in touch with us. There's a, a button that says contact your relationship manager and we'll, we'll be there for you. And, you know, we really hope that, that we can, make sure we can turn the tide on uh, on home ownership here and, and make sure that there's more of us who can finally kind of take advantage of this country's biggest wealth generator, and that's real estate. Love that. Well, Niles, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. I really appreciate the, that, Steve, and keep on doing uh, the great work and, and the great podcasts. As you think today about your knowing and as you know yourself and your clients and what you can do, I want you to keep this thing in mind. I've said it to you before. Listen closely. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. I want you to live and love and thrive. I want you to know who you are. And in that knowing, I want you to be the best you that you can be just while it's called today. Just maximize today. Be the best you you can be right here, right now in this place. Let tomorrow take care of itself. And you will live as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope you're happy, safe, warm and loved, and you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write publish and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books. And now they're best-selling authors. And you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you, I know the world is waiting on your message. 
And I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskSteveKid.com and schedule a time to talk today.